Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mister. I'm Mister P, and I'm so glad to be joined by Melissa Mills. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to this conversation because, as we were saying right before um, recording, knowing that there are teachers who are making these transitions into other fields, whatever that field may be, it's always nice to know what's on the other side. It may look like the grass is greener, but not knowing what goes into making that grass greener. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation with you to help the community know like, hey, this is something that I want to get into. These are some things that I uh, ought to know. So to begin with it, like, what is sort of your 30 second elevator pitch? I'm so bad at this. When people are like, <laughs> what's your elevator pitch? I'm like, who's on the elevator? How many people are on there? <laughs> I am a trauma-informed yoga therapist. So my work is primarily in somatic therapy and in um, nervous system regulation. And essentially, I educate people on bringing them back to their own inner healing power. Hmm. So what their mind and body were designed to do and kind of directing them back to themselves. Awesome. Awesome. And knowing that school can be traumatic for a lot of folks, both teachers and kiddos, what do you feel like is the best way to do, or how do you help your clients to do the work that you do? Co-regulation is a huge thing. So, you know, and especially for educators, that's a huge thing. You're, you're co-regulating classrooms full of children. You know, that's, you're, you're setting the tone and that's a hard thing to do. It can be a dramatic thing to do, especially when you have all of these different, uh, you know, mixed emotions from a, an entire classroom of people. And it's not that different <laughs> anywhere else you go, right? We, we run into a really mixed bag of energies and co-regulation is the biggest thing. So focusing on my own self-regulation so that other people can kind of start to match that energy too. That's, that's probably the biggest thing. And the other thing is knowing that, you know, we're, we're lifelong students. I don't have the answers. I do believe that we all have them for ourselves. So, so again, like directing people back to their own innate um, inner knowing and their own inner driving force. And what would you say is like sort of the, I guess, base level or level one of like, hey, if you're about to get onto this journey, if this is the work that you want to start to do, what should be level one? Um, self-study mm. <laughs> as a teacher and as an educator, when I say to kiddos, particularly sixth graders, the, they're the youngest kiddos that I teach, like, Hey, this is how you studied. Like, Oh, mister, I know how to study. And then I asked them, so how do you do it? Like, I got my TV going. I got my music going. I've got this, uh, I have 17 different. And I'm like, kiddo, how are you taking anything in when you have like 14 different stimuli going on at the same time? So what would you say to a person who's like, I don't know how to study myself what 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 sort of help can you give them that and that's where it's like you have to we work so much on ourselves or against ourselves mm -hmm. and not working with ourselves where you know people are like what uh oftentimes people are like what makes you good at what you do and that's where it's like we were talking about the same thing you know a lot of people in the in the field are like we're talking about the same things and i'm saying the same things as you like why are people not connecting to it and you know i feel like it was really my own my own healing journey that makes me good at what i do because i started with myself and it's kind of like when i was young i was a good swimmer like they they put me in the water and i could swim 
Like that Mm -hmm. was just something that I had. So then when I was a teenager and they're like, you should teach swimming lessons. I'm like, okay, I was a terrible instructor. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, these kids would get in the water and I'm like, just swim, just swim. swim." And when it comes to primarily like nervous system regulation and and self-regulation and emotional regulation, I am really proficient at teaching it because it is such hard fought lessons. Mm. The hardest lesson was that I, I have, I'm the only person that knows what is going on inside of me. I'm the only mm-hmm. person that knows how to heal or fix what's going on inside of me. I spent uh, many years of my life going to who I thought were like the professionals, the, the gurus, the <laughs> teachers, the experts, and only you know what's happening inside of you, whether you're talking about pain or emotion, you know, physical pain or emotional pain, it's a subjective experience. Mm. Only the experiencer knows what it's like. So finding the hardest thing for me was finding people in my path and educators in my path that were going to direct me back to me, as opposed to me going to them as the, the expert or the professional to fix me. Like as you were as you were saying that, like thinking about what you you mentioned in regards to being a natural swimmer, and then realizing, oh snap! Just because I know how to swim well doesn't correlate to me being a a, a good instructor of how to swim. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many kiddos who, in their brain, it makes perfect sense. And let me not just say kiddos; humans, period, adults as well. In their brain, it's crystal clear, but then the articulating or communicating to someone else, it's like, remember, like the whole Snoopy thing, like it's not, <laughs> it just sounds like gargle. Yeah. Um, and so that, yeah, I, I can connect and relate to that, uh, that, that feeling of like, man, this is crystal clear in my head. Why are the kiddos not, not getting it? Um, yeah. 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 And. I guess one of the things that comes to my mind or that I think about that happens often is like how to validate kids and their emotions of like, Hey, what you are feeling is real or what you're feeling is valid. I want to make sure that you're validating. However, it's not the same experience for everyone else. So yeah, being, what are some being tools valid that I, and I guess being this factual is a question for me and that's what's the community though. like, Hey, how can I help my kiddos? Like one, I want to validate you, but also be like, Hey, um, we can't see everything that's going on in your brain. Or like you were saying, like, we're not feeling the things that you're feeling to get them to be able to either talk it out or draw it out. What would be some of your suggestions? The first thing would be, what does your body feel like doing? And I think that this is really powerful for kids because well, one, most adults don't have a, a wide emotional vocabulary. Mm -hmm. It pretty much is like happy, mad, sad, scared from kindergarten to adulthood. (laughs) So it's, we don't have a super wide range and, you know, that's not going to come in the moments of, of dysregulation or intense moments. You know, we can, we can talk about the emotional vocabulary later, but the main thing is, Hey, what are you, what, what are you experiencing in your body? And, you know, what does your body feel like doing? 
And when we get to that and when we can find and offer safe ways to kind of discharge that energy, then we're talking about, a, you know, a less than two minute experience as opposed to saying, you know, you either you don't feel that way or you shouldn't feel that way or the resistance of it, you know, resisting, resisting an experience that's happening inside of your body is, is like pouring gasoline on a fire. I'm, I'm just having a moment of like resisting a feeling in your body is like pouring gasoline on a fire and realizing how often I'm pretty sure I've done it. Or I've told kiddos like, yeah, don't feel like <laughs> this isn't the place to feel or not having the, like you mentioned, the vocabulary to articulate to a kiddo like, hey, it's okay, it's okay to feel angry, but aggression is something totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oof. Resisting <laughs> the, could you say that one more time? What you just stated is like pouring gasoline on a fire. It cut out there for a second. I was I was asking if you could repeat one more time uh, what you were just saying that analogies you used in regards to, I think it was resisting a feeling is like pouring gasoline yeah. on a fire. Yeah. Resisting an experience inside of your body, resisting an emotion is like pouring gasoline on a fire. It's the, the, the old saying, what you resist persists. Lost you for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to repeat that again? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So resisting an experiencing resisting an experience that you're having inside of your body, which would be an emotion or a sensation in your body, which is similar or the same thing. So Mm -hmm. resisting an experience that you're having in your body is like trying to pour gasoline to put out a fire. And why, why is that so, so dangerous? What's the adverse effect to, to doing that? The adverse effect, I always explain it. It's like a, it's like a pressure cooker that you didn't go through the steam phase, Hmm. (laughs) you know, like you skip the steam phase. So what happens when that, that lid pops off and, and that's what happens that whatever you, you know, resist in there is going to come out in a space where it does not belong. And how many of us have lost it All right, <laughs> where it did not fit? It's like, oh, it wasn't, yep. you know, it wasn't about that yep. thing. No. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think in listening to you, I'm like, oh, this next academic year, I'm going to look to do better because there have been plenty of times where I've said to kiddos or either verbally or non-verbally communicated to kiddos like, Hey, don't feel that right now. (laughs) Don't feel that right now. And like you mentioned it without fail will come out later, either in my class or someone else, someone else's class. And it's like, Oh yeah. The genesis of that was (laughs) back with me telling the kiddo, Hey, don't feel whatever it is they're feeling. Um, And it, like you mentioned, passes the the steam phase. Oh, it pop, yeah, and it it'll pop off at 
like the most inopportune times and you can you can leave that situation later and be like uh yeah that didn't fit like maybe i overreacted but it doesn't feel like it in that moment and that's when we when we speak of it from the the nervous system perspective we actually use that expression you flipped your lid Mm. so (laughs) it's like if if you would look at you can you can kind of make yourself a model of the triune brain model with your hand so if you if you made a fist with your thumb inside your four fingers so like the way that you you're not supposed to punch right so your your thumb inside your four fingers there at your wrist Mm -hmm. is the brain stem right so that is like your nervous system and your thumb that's like tucked under those four fingers is the emotional brain center. So like the limbic system and then those four fingers on top, okay. that's your neocortex. So like that, those four fingers, that's where all of that, like your logic and reason live. Well, when your nervous system is like reading danger, right. And this, this could be real perceived. Like if I'm feeling anxious, like I flip my lid. So it's like those four fingers pop up, right. I flip my lid. And now I have this emotional brain center at the helm. And I have mm. lost access to logic and reason. So you're talking to these kids yeah. using all this logic and reason, and you may as well be speaking a language you just made up. Yeah. Like it is not computing. <laughs> and imagine if you were like, oh, I see you are feeling angry right now. Or, oh, I see you're feeling really jittery. I see that like, if you, if you say, I see what I'm, this is what I'm experiencing. Is that right? Like, I see that you are antsy, you know, and if they're like, Mm-hmm. No, it's this or yes, it's this. And it's like, okay, what if we, what if we like, would it feel good to your body to run in place right now? Let's do 30 seconds running in place. So it's like okay. discharging okay. my energy of like, nice. I want to get up and run out of my seat right now. Right. It's like, right. I, and we all have that experience, but we've all been told to, you know, sit down and shut up. Yeah. Yeah. What would you recommend or is, is there a piece of literature? Is there a book? um, that you would recommend to, um, someone who wants to do better, but doesn't know where to start. I highly recommend Resma Menicum, my grandmother's hands. This is one of the most beautiful books I have ever read. And, um, and he actually, you know, he talks a lot about intergenerational trauma. There's, there is a, you know, he breaks the book down. There's a section of the book that is for white bodied people. There's a section for black bodied people. There's a section for, for police bodied people, you know, and he's like, this is, mm-hmm. we all have to understand the sensations in our body. And we have to understand how the nervous system is functioning and how to discharge this energy so that we have the ultimate ability to respond to life instead of reacting. Got it. Respond instead of react. Yeah. I, I am appreciating this conversation and I'm sure the community who's listening to this educators and those who want to support educators. Um, my grandmother's hand is a book that I I know for myself, I'll definitely be getting, um, to either listen to or to read in the physical copy. Thank you so much for that, that recommendation. Is there a, any, is there a a top three books that you would recommend after my grandmother's hands? Top three. That's a good question. Um, I little, I'm like all over the place with those things because I'm like, everyone is, everyone's so different and our experiences are so different. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, to understand, 
Walking the Tiger is a good one. Um, okay. And it's kind of like that experience of, you know, what I said, real or perceived danger. So that's understanding yeah. that, you know, again, the nervous system does not have access to that logic or reason. So it can't be like, oh, I'm feeling uh, super overwhelmed. Um, but you know, I have a good job and I have a house and other people have it worse. Like the nervous system doesn't. So it's kind of walking the tiger <laughs> it's about that. Like, you know, whether it's a real tiger or a paper tiger, like it's the same. Got it. <laughs> so, and, yep. and we got to learn how to <laughs> yep. that same concept. Like I got to, I got to learn how to walk this tiger. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is a part of the podcast. I know it's selfishly for me where I like to ask the guests if they were to come up with their own playlist, it could be five songs, five artists, five albums, at least five. What would that be? So to you, Melissa, if you were to create a playlist right now, um, who would be on that playlist? What songs would be on that playlist? Right, well, <laughs> right now I'm on a, <laughs> a super chill kick. And I guess if this would go along with nice. like kind of co-regulation, I have um, five songs. She Just Can't Help It Shine by Gone Gone Beyond. Um, okay. All Right by Fulton Lee. Um, Let Me Be by Fancy Haygood and um, Devin Gilfillan. I might have butchered his name. Um, Just Fine by Desiree Dawson. And Desiree love Dawson, you anyway. Okay. Love you anyway. Also by Devin Gilfian. And my 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 music genres are like all over the place. My if you like hit Same. shuffle, Same. I'm like Dolly Parton, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar, and like back to say, you know, it's like you never know. But those like yeah. right now have been <laughs> feeling very chill and like needing that co-regulation. So that that would be my five. Those would be my five like co-regulators. Awesome. Awesome. I love being able to go from Yo-Yo Ma to Dolly Parton and then to Kendrick. It's a great mix. Excellent. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot that was a lot of gems dropped. I think personally, My Grandmother's Hand is a book that I'm going to run out to get immediately to start reading so I can put that into practice. And I think as was stated, that beautiful analogy of like trying to resist those emotions and those feelings it's like trying to put a fire out with gasoline. It's going, it's not going to end well. So being able to give our kiddos the language or developing the language ourselves to be able to talk about our emotions is something that um, I think everyone needs to do. And like you mentioned, it's not something that we've uh, been taught, explicitly taught uh, to do. So I'm, yeah. looking, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, doing, to doing more of that. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Folks, this has been another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. I'm Mr. Pierre. She's the magnificent Melissa, and we're out.